Hey, hey. Um, so we are starting the live stream. Welcome in, everybody. I'm just going to sit here for a minute until people start filtering in, and then we can answer some questions. Um, this is questions for home building design. Um, just for those of you new to the podcast, um, I worked for home builders for a lot of my career. So um, about 15 years, actually, three different builders. And my primary job in most of those spots was to design homes. Um, so I have a lot of background in that. But also because I was working for a home builder, I had a lot of involvement in things like selections and um, the design process and the sign to dig process. And should we allow buyers to do X, Y, or Z? And what products should we offer? All that stuff. So the goal here is to really help decode and demystify the home building process. Um, so for people going through it, I think builders really get a bad rap. And most of the builders I know and have worked with are really good people that are just trying to make a living. So I think there's some ways we can we can bring both sides together um, and really help with some, yeah, just advice and education here. So um, we're getting towards 10. If you have a question or anything, feel free to throw it in the chat. And I have um, a couple that a, a listener sent over. So um, we can get to those first and then, yeah. Hit me up if you have any questions or follow-ups. So this email, um, DIY faux pause. Uh, DIY is more accessible now than ever. Tons of resources, ideas. Which fad styles would you suggest people designing or redesigning a home to reconsider? So I get this. I don't know if it's necessarily a DIY question, but I get this question a lot of like, is X style going to date poorly? I hear a lot with everybody wants a modern, modern farmhouse now. And so the question I get often is, I really want to build a modern farmhouse, but in 10 years, is a modern farmhouse going to feel, is it going to feel dated or, or bad or awkward? And my, my thought is this, I would always say to design for art and then the style will follow. So if you have a really well-designed, there's some homes by us that were done by some architects that I just absolutely love, love, love. And they're not the design styles that anyone is asking for nowadays, but they hold up so well. And I can tell that because there was just, there was so much craft taken into designing them in the first place. Um, so I would say that if you want the modern farmhouse style, do that, but pick a designer or architect that really knows what they're doing and is going to design you a great house. What dates really poorly is the artificial imitation. So the things the little steps and tricks you take to make it kind of look like a farmhouse, but you know, deep down, it wasn't really designed really great or well. I think that's when you get into trouble. Um, if you're looking specifically for a DIY project and you want, um, you're doing a little space like your, your kitchen or something, I would say get, get someone who's great at their craft as well. Um, so you can always touch and feel, especially those, those high touch points. So specifically trim or your tile work, if you 
you could get the cheapest tile and have a great tile layer and it's gonna a tile installer and it's gonna look and feel nice you can get a really nice tile and have a poor tile installer and it's never gonna feel good um same same with trim um and i would say always opt for really high quality hardware it's you know do you spend 50 bucks on your hardware or 200 bucks ultimately in a remodel project that's that's not a lot of money um but the four times the amount you spent on hardware you'll feel every single day and that's the stuff that um won't go cheap on you and won't yeah feel poor over time hello welcome in hey TikTok. i see you people there any questions feel free to hit me up in the chat anything related to home building home design uh where am i located i am in valparaiso indiana um we're um, up by chicago um so yeah fun place to be let's see here i got another email question um so for custom designs best and worst design ideas slash features you have seen um I have seen plenty of, of bad features and things that are that are awkward and weird. I'd say on the bad end, if you are working with an architect, builder, designer, whatever it, it ends up being, um, that you um, listen to their advice, they're going to have a good feel for, hey, this isn't going to feel great. You know, I, I think that's a neat idea, but it's not it's not really going to fit in the space and things you provided. Like trust them on that. They're usually right. Um, but on the on the positive side, I would say for things like custom homes, um, it's, uh, it's really, really awesome, especially as you're doing a custom home, to get to be able to do the things that you really want to do that aren't on those floor plans online or aren't, you know, the, the stock builder plans. So I would say do those and don't worry so much about... Um, don't worry so, so much about the resale value and the things like that. Like, again, the character and craft that you put into a house is usually going to help in resale value as well. So personal things I love to see is just carving out those little spaces, little spaces for things like, like desks or storage. Um, I've got one client now who wants an office, but they're okay with it being like six by 10 or like seven by eight. Like I love those size rooms. And I think it's, it's really, really fun that to be able to have a space that you can shut off and doesn't need to take up a ton of floor area. Um, and yeah, things like stackable washer and dryers and the owner's closet, coffee bars, fun stuff like that. Um, got a question here. How are you feeling about the tub in the walk-in shower trend currently? So I'm assuming you're talking about a wet room. So a wet room is a room that has a full tile floor. It's usually closed off with a glass wall. I typically see them, but not always. Um, and then you have both the tub and the shower in there. And so you could um, fire everything up, do a steam shower, whatever you want. But um, yeah, so for that arrangement, I really love it. I've got a handful of clients doing it right now. Um, I would say just don't compromise on space if you're doing something like that. Make sure that room is really, really good size. Um, 
it's expensive too. So it's um, because the tile you lay for a shower base is slightly different than you would for a typical floor. Um, either you need to do some sort of backing system like a Schluter system, or you need to do a full mud pan. Either way, you're carving out floor area below it, or you're building it up on top of your floor system. So there's just a handful of steps in there that make it a little more um, intricate to, to have to do it. But I think it's a really, really neat idea. I've seen plenty of clients too just totally ditch the tub. Um, most people don't take baths very often, but, um, yeah, I love the wet room look, um, from a design perspective. So thanks for the question. Got another question up here. Are you an architect or GC? I'm actually neither. Um, so I got, I went to college for civil engineering. I have a degree. I went to Purdue for that I never once practiced civil engineering. I went straight into home design after. Um, so for homes, most states don't require a, any sort of stamp on the drawings as long as you're following the prescriptive code. Some states do, and there's um, plenty of rules and things. But I won't bore you with all that. But typically in Indiana, um, it's it works out that I have, um, whatchamacallit, that I'm fine to design most homes around here. Again, as long as I'm following the code. Hey, Megan is here. Hi, Megan. What's going on? All right. I got another question from an email here. Building home value. So people tend to think, uh, think if I do this remodel, let's start that over. People tend to think if I do this remodel, I will get X dollars in return. If I have this in my house or I will increase it in value for those looking to get the most out of their home, which features rooms, etc., do you see the most return? Um, so sadly, and this gets a little bit into our appraisal system in this country. Um, and that is sadly, there's just not, um, a lot of value outside of square footage, beds, and baths. So it really, an appraisal is dictated by those three things and then what the home's value are around you. So it's, it's um, really tough to give any advice out of that. If you're making more bedrooms, more bathrooms, more square footage, that's usually a win for your value. Um, I would say beyond that, Focus on your beds and baths. Um, it's really nice to have those spaces laid out and not have to rethink or redo that lately. Uh, sorry, after you buy it. So if that if that is updated, people will pretty much live with anything else. Um, and all the other stuff is relatively easy to um, design around and remodel. Will the price to draw or design a home need to be paid up front? As in, can it be part of a mortgage? So interesting question. Typically, it doesn't work like that because um, most architects and designers aren't employed by the builder. So they want to, I'm in this boat, I want to get paid. <laughs> um, so I don't have to wait for a draw on the home. Um, if a builder has an in-house architect designer that could be a great scenario because usually they don't 
um, they'll either charge you a deposit, which covers the design or the design and the custom designing is all wrapped into the home price. So if you wanted to do something like that, that's the route I would suggest. Megan here says, I hate vinyl wood floors because I can tell they're fake. What about engineered wood floors? Do engineered wood floors have the same hollow sound? Um, I personally don't think so. So engineered wood floor, it's a like a multi-ply material and then a real layer of wood anywhere from like, I don't know, I think it's a quarter to a half inch all the way up. You know, the, the real layer can be thicker. So it is real wood that you're putting down. I would actually suggest engineered over solid hardwood just because the sub layer, um, that engineered layer of wood, they vary the grain patterns in the wood. So it helps with, with, um, uh, expansion and contraction. Um, they don't move as much. They won't like cup, um, and rotate as much on you. Um, so that can be really, really helpful. Um, I personally don't think engineered floors have a, a hollow sound or, or feel fake. Um, I know a lot of homes that I'm designing that are over like the million dollar price tag are still going toward engineered. I, again, personally, I think it's, you'll get more options in it. You'll get wider planks. Um, and it just has, uh, ultimately it's going to end up being a little bit better for you in the long run. So I would, I would recommend that route. Um, but yeah, I get the, the laminate and vinyl, you know, it, it just doesn't have the same feel. Um, I get this question a lot. I really want to get into residential design, but I don't know AutoCAD or Revit. Um, I would say learn it. They're both super helpful. They're not crazy complicated. Um, there are plenty of schools that have like a two-year degree um, for a drafting and design. Um, we can look at like a CAD emphasis, I think is cool. And there are, there are plenty of classes Um I know of two. So um, my guy, Ben Norkin with Hyperfine Architecture does a Revit, uh, like an online Revit class. And then um, Lance and Al with F9 Productions, I've taken their class as well. Um, they do a Revit class. It is Revit Rocketship is the name of their one. So those are both great places to start for Revit. I'm sure there's plenty on YouTube for AutoCAD. AutoCAD's a lot simpler program. Um, you're just drawing lines and circles and stuff and making it into a house. But Revit, you're actually, um, it's a BIM program. So building information modeling. So you're modeling all of the parts of the home um, and all that. Specifically for HVAC, does it matter? Most, so my brother is a mechanical engineer with HVAC company um, and they use exclusively Revit. So most um, commercial firms, most commercial architecture firms are going toward, um, Revit because they can design the whole building. And then the mechanical drafter and the mechanical engineers have that building model. They have the 3d model ready and there for them. So there's no, there's no gray area as to whether or not ducks will fit, um, and how to size everything like everything's already there so they're putting they're just adding their stuff into that model um so if you're thinking of drafting for hvac i would 
definitely recommend um, going the Revit route. Remodel. Where can I save money by DIY and where should I get a contractor? Um, for the money savings, if you're ambitious, I think flooring, tile, um, pretty much anything to do with your walls. You can do a lot of trim work. Trim work isn't super complicated. Um, just do it. Um, do it well. <laughs> I know that sounds silly, but don't. Um, I'm yeah. So sorry. I I would say yeah. Start with those flooring. Um, anything on your walls. Drywall is really nasty. I would get a contractor for that. Um, it just is very labor intensive and not fun from what I've heard from most people. Um, most things that are structural, obviously, um, I would want somebody there. Windows is another thing I would want somebody there. Anything that um, deals with water. Um, so tile is fine. If you're going to tile, um, like let's say your powder bathroom, but if you want to tile your shower, I would say get a contractor because there's so many ways to screw up a shower and then you have leaks for forever and water inside your home, never a good thing. So if it's, if it's dealing with water, the exterior home flashing a window, like get somebody that really knows what they're doing because there's nothing as bad as having to deal with water and problems like that um, as you're living in a place. Um, Got a question here from Nick again. Thank you so much. Which website did you say again to learn Revit? Uh, look up Revit Rocket Ship, and then I have Ben Norkin's um, link in my bio if you're on TikTok. Um, yeah, just hit there, and it's the Learn Revit button. Um, let's see here. Hi, everybody. How's it going? Got a couple of you over on Facebook. Um, where's everybody from? Let's do that thing. I see people on live shows do that from time to time. So drop in, let me know. Um, another question I get very often, I've answered before, but I just have more, uh, people from Texas. Hey, my sister lives in Texas. Um, I have more thoughts on that and that is tips on picking a builder. Um, so I would say I, I've answered plenty of this in the podcast and some on TikTok as well. But um, one thought I had recently too is a builder that's helping you set your expectations, um, help to keep you on the rails, especially as you're in those early sales meetings. So if you're meeting with your first contact, whoever the, that is for the builder, it might be the builder themselves. It might be um, a sales agent or a designer or their architect. You know, there's all sorts of things. But um, that first conversation, I want to hear them start to set my expectations and keep the rails on for where this process is going to go. Um, the builder that is like, yeah, sure, that's awesome. We can do all that. And yes, we can do all that. And yes, um, the ones that I'm only hearing those kinds of things from, I have a little bit of red flag going off um, in, in my head. It's not, a, it's not a disqualifier. You know, maybe they are super great and 
that's a good thing. But it's also it's also something where I would say like, there's no way a builder can be perfect on all fronts. One big thing is like a time frame guarantee. We'll guarantee you'll be in this house in six months. I <laughs> I probably wouldn't use that builder. Um, so yeah, the the things I want them to set my expectation on going into the project is um, the process, um, the time frame, and then the the products themselves. So what um, let's see here for process, like I want them to know what steps I have to take before and start to give me that homework as I'm working through the project, right? Um, so I want them to know what steps I have to take in order for my home to get dug. Um, and they should start to be able to tell me those and give me specific timeframes as when, when they need those to happen. Things are approval of floor plans, signing off on um, things like that, signing off on your survey, getting in and doing selections. Like when do they want you to do those things? And they should be able to give you a concrete framework around that. Um, and then the time frame. I want them to set expectations on time frame. And honestly, as weird as this sounds, a builder that's more gray in time frame is one that I'm assuming is more experienced. <laughs> the ones that are more concrete and give more of a guarantee, I, I'm honestly more wary of. And then, and then for products, this matters a lot more as you get more into the custom end because the production end, you're more all the products are there at the model that you're looking at. But in the custom end, I want them to have good experience, good thoughts and feelings on the products that I'm researching. And I want them to help me help to guide me. If I show them a picture, I want them to be able to point to things and say, okay, this picture is awesome. But if you look here, here, and here at like this window detail, that's actually a really expensive way to do it. And here's why. If a builder is doing those things with me in the very first meeting, I, I'm like, okay, this is, you know, that's a great feeling, a good direction. If they're not, and they're like, oh yeah, sure, we can price that. That's those are the the kinds of things where I'm I'm getting weary and a little nervous. So let's see here. From Dallas, Texas, Georgia, and South Dakota. Very cool. Very, very cool. So um yeah, this has been about 20 minutes. Um, I'm not going to shoot for an hour, me talking by myself. Um, yeah, you can only talk for so long before you <laughs> wrap things up. So any last questions here before I wrap up? This is great radio, by the way, for those of you. Um, that are getting into podcasting. You want lots of dead air time. That really helps the ratings and the, the views later. So here's some dead air time for you. How long does this part of the process take? I assume you're talking about the home design, like starting from scratch, a floor plan. Um, can really vary by customer based on how, really how decisive you are. Um, how much you know about what you want. The, the clients I've designed for that are like, we'll know it when we see it kind of clients, those spend a lot of time in design. Um, you could be talking months and months. Um, for me, I like to like, part of my process is to, is to limit the revisions. I, I feel like we, you can get 
to a pretty solid design and, and a couple, two, three revisions after first draft. And it's my job to extract that info from you. And so I, I would say from start to finish about two months, but again, it can, it can be all over the place depending on changes and, and thoughts and, and things like that. And I would say too, something I've learned, something that's really helped in my firm now is at the end of most of my meetings, I will end the appointment with saying, okay, drawings will be done in two to three weeks, whatever it is, the type of changes. Let's set that appointment now because what happens is if I say two weeks to turn the plan around, I'll turn it around in two weeks. And then you look at it and then you and your, you know, if you've got a significant other, they're, they're looking at it too. And you spend a week to get back to me and then it's another two weeks. So that, that kind of just prolongs the cycle and lags things out. Um, so yeah, get, get on top of the meetings and get revisions and thoughts and comments back to your designer architect quick can really, really help. Um, so that's my two cents on process, but I would say like now, if you want to build this spring, if you're in, well, you're in Georgia so that, um, you don't have as much winter concerns as we do, but, um, if you're in a Northern climate and you want to build this spring, like hire somebody now, um, now is actually kind of on the late side because you want to be bidding. Sometimes it's helpful to bid in the winter. Cause that's when all the subcontractors and trade partners are planning out their year. So they're a little more hungry in the winter, but if you bid your home, like in July, they're like, you know what? I've, I've had a good year. I've got most of my stuff. Like, so it is a good time to, to bid out a house. Um, uh, designer and architect. Yeah. I use those interchangeably. They're not the same thing. Um, there's plenty of stuff on there. Um, about it. Uh, I would say like the underline is that architect is a licensed person with a degree in, in architecture. Um, I call myself a designer cause I design homes, but I don't know. <laughs> I have more thoughts on that, but I won't bore you with that now. Um, there's a business lesson for contractors in that. Thanks, Megan. Um, yeah. If uh, any other last questions, I think I'll wrap up here. Um, if you missed anything, I will post this to um, my podcast as well. So you can catch up. Feel free to email me any comments or questions or notes. I'd love to hear from you. Um, the best way to get in touch with the show itself is um, if you're on TikTok, uh, just comment on one of my videos. But if you get to Instagram, it's at builder vs buyer. Or um, if you get on your email, info at builder versus buyer.com. It's builder vs buyer.com. So those are the contact for the show. And then obviously my design firm, I'd love to hear from you as well. So if you have any questions on that front. Um, but yeah, I'm going to wrap up here. Thank you so much for joining me. And I hope you all have a great weekend. Thumbs up. Got to be in the screen. Mm-hmm.